0: Hey, I'm Robert Martinez, the Apartment Rockstar, and I want you to check out the RE Social Podcast.
1: You're listening to the RE Social Podcast with your hosts, Andrew and Vince from Onvee Invest. For more information, go to onviinvest.com.
2: What's up, you guys? Uh, welcome to another episode of RE Social Podcast, and today we have a very special guest, Mr. Robert Martinez from Rockstar Capital. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hey, hey! what's up, guys? How are you? Happy, Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. We are recording this between Christmas and New Year's. And super excited to have Robert on here. Robert, so if you can get like 90 seconds to kind of give a little intro of yourself. I know all about you, but people who don't know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. My name is Robert Martinez. Today I own a company called Rockstar Capital, but... 15 years ago, just like everybody else, I went to school, got good grades, cause that's what mom and dad said to do. Went off, to have a degree from Texas A&M engineering and went out for the next 10 years to be like everybody else. And after 10 years of corporate America, I realized that every time you wanna make here, they wanna bring you down here. And that happened a few too many times for me. I found I need to do something else. I discovered a real estate club on Business Radio. I paid $10,000 for mentorship in that club. That was in January of 07. And here we are today. I've run over 8,000 apartment units. I currently have 4,850 in my portfolio, roughly worth just under $700 million. My management company, Rockstar Capital, has earned 19 City State National Apartment Association awards. I'm a two-time national owner of the year. I have raised 180 million of private of private equity. I've returned 130 million of that money back. And man, I'm just excited to be here, man. It's been a great, great
2: couple of years and we're ready for 23. That's that's wow. that's the one hell of an intro That's a um, resume. <laughs> I know it's it's crazy. We have seven million and he has seven hundred million. You know what? I'm gonna switch off the show right now. Well, that's how I'm you grow though. People. You grow from wanting other people, man. Don't, don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I'm just kidding. So Robert, can you tell us how you shifted from that mindset about, from the employee to actually going to an entrepreneur route?
0: I just remember them messing with my commission plan. I'm a sales guy and I want to, I want to get paid for what I kill, you know, and I want to be compensated. I take care of everybody else in the company. I want to get compensated for what we agree to. And when you change the agreement on what we agree to, it, it upsets me. And that happened three times in that corporate life. And it pushed me out the door. I make sure I try to like honor all my commitments, you know, because I don't like being taken advantage of. So if I say you're going to make this amount and, and this is your bonus potential, or this is your commission, I'm going to honor that. Cause I want you to make the most you can. Yeah. And so that, that upset me. So I learned that lesson and then I realized I didn't have control of my financial future. I, I, my boss did, and it's because I only had one stream of income. And so I encourage my guys, like my 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 social my social team is in here, and most of them have separate streams of income beyond beyond this one. And I think that's important. Yep. That's that's what helps them grow. Because I think everybody should be an entrepreneur, everybody should have multiple streams of income. And so when I discovered that, I wanted to find that. And at first I thought I was gonna keep my day job and then and then maybe go buy a rent house or go buy a laundromat or something like that. And when I joined the real estate club, it introduced to me multifamily investing. So I was able to skip single family investing because I was a little further down the map. I had already a net worth of $800,000 back at that time. And so I had about half of that was in cash. So most of that was in cash actually. And so I had some money, money to deploy. My ex-wife and I were, were commissioned sales guys. So we, we, we put our money, but our, our, our word is our bond. And when that gets broken and you lose faith and trust, just like in any kind of personal relationship, you, you make changes. And that's how I stumbled into that real estate club, and it was the best decision of my life. I'm, I'm living proof of where they say when one door closes, another one opens up. It's happened throughout my entire life. I credit God to that, a little hard work as well, but definitely have God's favor on that, and I'm, and I'm blessed for that. Did you, did you know about investments back then, Robert, while you were doing the job? It's funny. The only real estate my parents owned was our house that we grew up in, 1980, 1,400 square foot ranch style house. Down in McAllen, texas down the valley my dad worked at Waterburger, which is a fast food company here in texas for 40 years my mother worked for levi's until that plant was shut down and then later worked in for the school district when she got retrained because of nafta and so no there was no real estate background it was very little investment knowledge my parents didn't sit there with me at the dinner table and talk to me about stuff all they did was show me how hard they worked they never explained to me about trying to find multiple streams of income. They didn't know anything about that because their parents didn't know anything about that, No, So in today's world, if you're not educated, that's okay. You just got to go find mentorship. You got to go find it. You mean, in some cases you have to pay for it. So I know at the dinner table and in any kind of time my kids get in the car with me, we're constantly talking about life. We're constantly talking about real estate. We're constantly talking about personal relationships, hearing about them. And they know, they know dad does apartment complexes. They, they see where dad lives. They know that we're successful at it. But I'm trying to educate them so that they do the same things. Cause I don't want them dependent on one stream of income either. Again, I love my team right here. They're listening. I can talk to you freely. They both, all, all of them have multiple side jobs. I'm good with that. I wasn't always like that. I had to get to that abundance mentality. I, I just know we have X amount of time during the day and I expect them to be working on my stuff because this, this is what they're here for. And anything you guys do outside of work, that's up to you. It's nothing to do with me. It's, it's, it's just, just give me my time for, 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 for what we agree to on compensation and, and we're good. So no real estate wasn't a part of my, it, it kind of, I found something and I made it bigger. Did you have any stocks at that point or did you not know anything about it investing? No, I mean, I learned what, what, what society conditions you to learn, right? What did they yeah. tell you to, to go to school, get good grades and then invest in your 401k. Those were the mantras. Right. And my wife and I, because we, we made six figures, we we're able to max out on our 401k. So we always hit the maximum that they would allow you to put in, which at the time, I mean, this is like 15, 20 years ago now. So you're, I think it was 14, 15,000 a year, then the company would match up to 3%, but When you go look at what the offerings, you have no idea what you're looking at. There's, so they have to make it simple for you, aggressive, moderate, or conservative. Then they, they make it even more aggressive. Like, they make it more easy. If you're 20, 25 years old, 30 years old, you should be a proportion of your portfolio should be here, a portion there, a portion over there. They never explained to you how to understand what you're looking at. Mm -hmm. They just wanted your money. And that was by design, by, by, by wall street.
2: Wall Street wants
0: you to keep feeding money into them. Right. I'm convinced that right now, the reason why we have depressed values in the stock market, part of it is because there are so many people that have become entrepreneurs because of mentorship. They're finding it on Google. They're finding it on YouTube. They're finding it on a multiple number of places. So they don't have to go into the matrix and keep doing the same thing over and over again, like their parents and generation after generation, the information is there. And I think kids are really smart. They they observe things and they see things, and they don't want. In some cases, they want to duplicate that lifestyle. Other cases, they don't, and so they go on. And they get in. They go on and They get that energy and that that, that that they have the energy. Sorry to find the information, whether it's from somebody like me who's giving it out for free on on social media, on uh, on my Instagram channel at Apartment Rockstar, or on the YouTube channel we have, Apartment Rockstar, or they're coming in. And they're paying for mentorship. I have people that come in and. Pay $1,500 for a 15 minute phone call. Cause they want to ask certain questions on whether or not, whether or not they should go this direction or that direction Other ones they want to pay, $30,000 for a years of coaching, where they're getting calls with me. They're getting one-on-one time with me to get that handholding. Cause it's this fear, right? But what's fear yeah. false evidence appearing real. Uh, I could have gotten in real estate a few years earlier,
2: but nobody was there to help me. Nobody was there to take the fear away. I, I wrote on a couple of things that you mentioned before I wanted to move on. I want to ask you, you did mention that you did save $800,000. That's not an ordinary amount. So can you talk a little bit about like, how was your mindset to actually, you had to save and do all that? That's a lot of discipline, right? To save yeah. Well, I, I
0: think discipline comes obviously within yourself, yeah. but also if you're married. And at that time I had a wonderful woman. She's a blessing today for my children and she's a fantastic ex-wife. But we had the philosophy that because we were we were both sales, I think sales is the biggest game changer. Like I make more money, I was making more money in sales than I ever could have been as an engineer. Being able to sell yourself, being able to present yourself, being able to speak and have that confidence is very important because people buy from people that they like. That's why I think sales guys always do well. It's, it's important to be social. The guys that aren't social are the ones working in the cubicle. They're the ones in the back with with, with the door closed, because they don't want anybody to come in. Right? So yeah. my wife and I were both commissioned salespeople. We had, believe this or not, i I had a she had a twenty four thousand dollars a year salary, and I had forty six thousand when we got started. So we were both living on seventy thousand dollars a salary. But we were making both six figures. In her case, she made it quite a bit more, right? She was well into six figures. So anything that we got, we went straight to the bank. We maxed out our 401 k. And we went all that cash into the bank. And so I discovered real estate no seven. So that would have been year five of our marriage. When, when, when we got married, I had, she had no debt. I had 30,000 in student loan debt and we immediately worked to pay that down living on $70,000. So I think it's, you're right. It's discipline. We bought our house. We did everything on that $70,000 plan. And it wasn't until later when we started getting some more education, realized, wow, we have an ability to change ourselves. So we married well i mean it's just i think it's very important in whatever you do you've seen those memes on social right the woman you pick will determine your life and i think that's 100 percent true you've got to get a woman that at the same time at that time has the right mindset with you that yeah. wants to grow i married a saver she's a saver she was she was very very fickle i'm the one that likes to spend a little bit i'm the one that wanted to go do so she would hold me back and and so you got to balance yourself out but you got to be with somebody who is financially stable and you know how you can tell, look at the family. And I didn't know these things. I, I wish I could take could write a book this. I can tell you now I go, you, the children, the offspring will be representatives of their family. My family, they like to spend. They didn't have a lot of money in the bank. They weren't very financially disciplined. There would be bills stacking up there, right? Because not because they didn't have the money, this is not organized. Her family had everything paid off. They had no debt. Debt was the devil. They owned all their cars. So it only makes sense that when we got married, she adopted those 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 principles. So for all you guys that are early on in your life and you're you're dating somebody and you think it's going to be serious, pay attention to who the family is. Cuz that's how they're going to act. They say, "Oh, make sure you're on the same religious page, make sure you're on the same page." But you got to ask, "How do you handle finances?" Cuz that yeah, would determine I, everything.
1: I think, and I think that's the biggest the biggest factor when it comes to Splitting up in divorce is actually not infidelity, but the financial aspect. I was so. about to say that. Yeah, I was about to say that. I think if you don't get the finances in order, none of that else
0: matters. And you're right. Most divorces happen because of, of finances. That's not why ours happened. Ours happened for some other reasons, but it had to do with the business. It had, right. to do with, it had to do with growth. I wanted more. My issue, because she was such a conservative person, she was like, well, when is enough enough? I don't know. It's never going to be enough. Because it's not about the money anymore. It's about, Robert, Hey, you like the it,
1: hunt. Hey. Let's be honest. You well, like, I want to hunt. hunt. <laughs> I'm a commissioning
0: sales guy, right? I want to kill. I want to do the deal. I want to grow. I want to know what a kid from, from a South Texas border town can do. I want to know, okay, can I, can I break that, that generational curse? Can I be the one that changes the bloodline? If you asked me when I was growing up, how much a lot of money was, I would say a million bucks. If you ask my kids, they wouldn't say a million dollars. They probably would say a billion, why? Because we use the word billion a lot in our life. We talked about my mentor, Grant Cardone, he's a billionaire. We talk about how I'm almost at a billion dollars in, in, in real estate owned. So it, it's different, right? And so I, I just think that finances is so important in home and you gotta have a spouse that shares the same work ethic that wants to work. And the thing I didn't mention is that in the beginning, we didn't even know we were gonna have kids. My, my, my ex-wife wanted to work. She was very smart individual, probably the smartest woman that I know. And, and she wanted to have two incomes and that's how we got the debt paid Now A lot of guys, they marry and the wife stays home and then, Hey, there is nothing wrong with that. But it's like you miss those early years of foundation building. We got the 800 K in net worth with, I think 500 of it was probably in cash because we both worked. Now today she doesn't have to work. Would you, would you want to work in the beginning and stay, or do you want to stay home? Because I think now she's happy. Now she's a a teacher at the kid's private school making $30,000 a year. She doesn't need that it's a pocket change for her for what she makes off of our multifamily investments that that we share.
1: That's so fascinating to me because I, as a real estate agent and as a real estate investor with Vince now for over five years, we've ran into a lot of real estate agents who are uh, just crushing it, high commissions, driving the Mercedes, all the flash, the watch, and then when you ask them what they own in terms of investments, just in stocks, even just having an asset in general, they kind of just like, well, and they kind of will rattle off some answer, and you're just you, you realize that they have nothing, and it's because they're spending it on the fur coats and the what. So, what do you think is the difference between you guys, you and now your 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 ex wife who you partnered up with, and you guys were high commission earning people. How'd you not fall into that trap? Just spend it all flash for the joneses and keep working for the rest of your life how'd you what do you think
0: i I think it was two pieces i think because i did marry somebody who was very conservative in her fiscal views she wasn't going to spend what we didn't make as i said her family had no debts my family had debt (laughs) we would have continued that 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 curse if if we if i had married someone just like that I, i married somebody who who had came she was from the from a, from the southeast grew up on a farm very farm strong and you got to fix it yourself kind of thing you don't hire a repairman and but you don't have debt either like everything that she owned had no debt that's why I had debt growing coming into our marriage of thirty thousand a student loan and she had nothing not even her car so we got that paid off then as a salesperson we each got company cars so I didn't have to worry about Oh, I got to look good. Look like I'm making a lot of money because I'm making, so I got to get a Mercedes. I sold engineered equipment. I sold ship channel stuff. I'm dealing with guys that don't drive Mercedes. I don't have to sell a, a $3 million house. I'm selling a, a $3 million piece of equipment. And I show up in a truck or I show up in, a, in an SUV or I show up in a, in a, I remember back then my car was a, a Dodge. I had a Dodge Intrepid and she had a Toyota Camry. Well, wasn't that nice was the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that th- that was that was the expected cars, right? right. That, that that's what all the sales guys drove. Why yeah. why would I take on it? see we were fiscal responsible? Why would I take on a five, six hundred dollar payment when my company would give me a car for free? Right. So we had right. no car payments. All we had, our first debt didn't, our first real payments didn't come until we had children when
1: we had childcare payments. And that was like four or five hundred a month. Wow. So, but how'd you decide to save all this money instead of spend it, and then turn that into a, a huge investment? And now has obviously catapulted you into a whole different level. Well, like I said, she she was fiscally responsible, you know. So, so you give like, all well,
0: the credit to your to your. I uh, give her a lot, fund. yeah, because I wow. I didn't have the fiscal responsibility. I mean, even today, right? Like like she's not with me anymore, so I yeah I don't have that person that pull me back. So yeah, I, I drive a G wagon. Yeah, I drive a Bentley. <laughs> she drives uh, an Infiniti a, Q- a, Q- a what Q eighty SUV. Right. You've been hanging you know?
2: out with GC too much, man. That's what, that's <laughs> what it is.
0: <laughs> well, but you know, I also have $700 million in real estate. Right. Yeah. And, and she does it right. So it's like, the other thing too, is that I'm also more aggressive. So I want it more. I push myself. Remember the whole, if you want it, I mean, sorry, mm-hmm. um, if, when is enough enough? So, but it's nice to have that person to pull you back. Sure. So I, yeah, I give her credit for, you know, making sure that we had goals. Our goal was to get you a million dollars of cash. And then, and then, and then, and and then, and that would have continued. We would have been fine right now. If if we had never discovered real estate, we would both have been retired by 50 and we would have had huge 401ks, probably five, six, $7 million minimum. I had a lot of money probably had five, six million in cash. And that's it. If I had a guess, I don't think we would have hit 10 or anything like that. But in in that time, and whatever I gave up in the divorce, right. I, I've exponentially increased it because I grew, I grew. And so that early seed money definitely came from her being fiscally responsible. So again, I want to echo the message of like, who you marry is very important. You don't have to marry a rich woman because she wasn't rich.
1: Yeah. She was no, fiscally
0: responsible.
1: Yeah. I need to say just I add that your who you partner with or who you hire or anyone you bring into your life, I think is extremely valuable. Obviously that significant others the most, cause you're around them the most. So that's, yeah. that's huge. Yeah. So I give her a, a ton of credit, but
0: for starting us, and I give myself the credit for pushing us, for creating what we have today. She doesn't have to work today. My kids yeah. go to go to the, a, a really good private school that I pay for. We, she, we have a, we each have great lives. So it's like it, it, and it came from the real estate. It came from having that seed money in the beginning. Now, if you don't have that seed money, then you do do rent houses first. Maybe wholesaling first, you can create it, right? And then get into, into owning and buying the real estate and holding it, taking the equity out, doing it again. And then you get to the point to where you upgrade on the monopoly board from the houses to Monopoly. I mean, to, sorry, to the hotels, from the greenhouses to the red hotels. And then at some point you're buying five units or more and you got multifamily. I just was able to skip that early, that early stage because we were fiscally responsible.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. I always tell people that you need to have an active income and then passive income, but active income could pay for all the assets. It's something that GC says always, right? It's like you want to use the money from the cash flow. I want to go back to your timeline so that we, we know like how you got here. So you had like a bunch of money in the bank. What made you go to the real estate event? And what made you drop the 10 K 10 K was probably not a lot of money for you. So you just dropped. it. No, absolutely. It was, I mean, then the the check before that, that was the biggest
0: was the down payment on our house, which was, I think we put 15,000 down on a house. So 10,000 in 2000 in December of 06 was a lot of money. I walked into that club. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to be the single family king. When I walked into there on that Saturday, because it was a $500 boot camp and I walked in Sunday and, oh, and I went home and I said, Hey, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to join this club. I think this is it. I want to write $10,000. We had never done that was so spacey to write $10,000. It was like, like, a da, 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 da. like it, it was like a pitch and I'd never seen that before. And I was taken because I'm the risk taker. She wasn't so she goes, no, no, let me come back with you on Sunday. I'll come back with you on Sunday. Let me see what this is about. And Sunday was multifamily. I had no idea that I would ever think that I could do multifamily. And then when I saw the numbers and I learned the magic formula, I learned about valuation, how you can force appreciation. And she was there with me because she was a no. She's a conservative no. Show me in writing. Show me how this works. She actually got it. Like, okay, all right. If this is what you want to do, I believe in you.
2: And we, we just went off to the races. We just kept going and growing and growing. So, Robert, I wanted to ask you, so 07 January, you go to the boot camp. you buy one deal in December and then in April, you quit. I mean, how much can you give us some numbers? Like, what are you making? Like millions? By no, price? man, not even yeah. man. It's funny. You said that I'm glad you said that. Cause remember
0: I, we, it, we, only had one deal. We bought a deal in December of 07. Mm-hmm. Uh, my partner had another deal that I was managing, but he and I were 50, 50 on the property management company. So I spent the fees. I walked into what was essentially $36,000 mm-hmm. of annual salary, yeah. my cut. Right. But I said, you know what? I'm I'm better walking away from this because if I guard the $200,000 investment that I made in December of 07, then I can double that up, which we did in 09. So when we went there, when I went there, I, I took a massive pay cut from what I was making to essentially make annualized $36,000. Then we bought another deal in August of 08, and maybe pushed me up to like making 5,000 a month. And then by the time we bought that last deal, which was a bigger deal, it was a 384 units in, in Thanksgiving of 08. Now I went up to $7,000, which still is a lot of money right? Are you talking about my, just management fees? Or is this yeah, ju- my, good? my cut, my cut of the management okay. fee, right? What I got, when I got paid at the end every month, right? So I, I had to learn to live on one check that came once a month, not, not as an employee every two weeks. And then I, at this point, I had 200,000 in the first investment. I had 200,000 in the August investment. I had uh, almost 200,000 in the third investment. So I had $600,000 I'm guarding with my life. So my wife, my ex-wife could handle the rest of our expense, because remember, we had a very low fiscal expense model. So we didn't have a lot of heavy bills. And, and, but we had $600,000 now of our family's net worth in this. So I took control of it. Mm-hmm. And each of those three deals refinanced twice
2: in the next three years. By, so she became a believer it. real quick, huh? Mm-hmm. So by, uh, by increasing in a decreasing the expenses, increasing the evaluation for money. Right. Different. But why, but why, because I was there because mm-hmm. I was there tweaking the
0: needle. I was there yeah. turning this knob and lifting that lever. I was there giving guidance. So yeah. it was okay to walk away from that job. If I can turn the 200,000, that first deal into 400,000, which later became overall, I think we I would've made 800,000 when, when the deal finally sold a few years back. And then I did the 200,000 that came right back to me a year later. So now it's worth 400. Eventually, we walked away with 800,000 on that deal. The third deal was about, I think I put 150 in. And then a year and a half, a year later, we got the 150 back. Even during the recession, we were doing refinances. So, but that wouldn't have happened had I not been there. I was the difference. I made that happen. It would not have happened if I kept focusing on on the pocket change over here. Not to mention, as a full time real estate investor, I now got a deduction. So everything that my ex wife made, in her, cause she was making three, 400,000 at one point and more. We got all the taxes back because, because, of ab- because of depreciation. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So, I mean, I haven't paid taxes since 2008 as the last time. I, I haven't had to write a check. I shouldn't say it. I haven't had to write a check since 08. Yeah,
1: That's inspiring, man. So yeah. how I, I'm kind of curious what's inside of you though? Like what's driving this though? There's something, that's the question I like to ask people. It's like, what's the why? Have you thought about investing in real estate and taking advantage of all of those benefits without any of the work? That is something that Onvi Invest not only provides, but has been providing since its inception. With friends and family, we have built an empire in a system of a wealth generating tool that is giving us and our friends and family that leverage in their life to create true wealth. Go to onviinvest.com for more, to see if you qualify, and thanks for listening.
0: Yeah, I think I've got a couple. I think there's a why and I think there's a purpose. The why is my children, 100%. Like in the very beginning though, the why was can a kid from a South Texas border town achieve something? I'm living a dream that I never ever could have imagined. I changed my family tree. When my family got involved, I'm like, wow, I got a chance to really do something for my boys. They're watching how I am every single day. They see right. me on social media. They know I, 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 Grant, and I are friends. They know I go to these events. They, I'm, we're, I'm probably going to take into to an event in January. That's their first GC event, and, and I'm really excited about it. Where they're, they're going to learn how to how to how to speak on stage, because I think that's very important to them, right? So it's them. It's like showing them that I can do this. Yes, it's nice to have the nice things, but it doesn't come unless you put the effort in. I'm giving them a path in the future. They don't have to have the same path that I had. My mom and dad say go to school and get good grades. I'm like, hey, only go to school if you get into the right schools. Otherwise, right. you're wasting your time. Because I can show you how to do what I'm doing. Right. You don't need to go to school. You're going there to get the right education. I want them to get a finance, real estate, background degree. And I want them to go only to a, sele- a select few choices of schools. And I said, wow. go to any school you can get into. I-, I will pay for it. And actually, if you don't, we hadn't thought about it, I, I actually going to cooperate
2: for financial aid. Wow. That's true. Oh, because of how you set up. And I had that, and I had so that
0: aha moment earlier this year at the college orientation at the kid's school. I was sitting there with my ex and I'm like, Hey, are, are you still a real estate professional? Cause you know, she has some rent houses. She's like, yeah. I was like, you realize, right. That, that per the government, we, we make zero. Uh-huh. So how do you cooperate for financial aid when you're you and you're in your financially challenged, right? Are we financially challenged at zero? I mean. We pay wow. her taxes, but we get it back. And her light bulb went off. Cause remember, she's Miss Fiscal Conservative. Right. Next my kids' grades shot up, everything. And, like, there was proper motivation. So that's my first why. My second is my purpose now. I love doing podcasts like this. I love sharing my, my, my experience and my knowledge because I can see the light bulbs go off in you guys. I know it motivates you. I know it inspires you. I like to help my investors out. I like doing great jobs for them. I like everybody should be like this. Everybody should try to live this kind of life. I'm very fortunate. I just took a risk in a life in in, at one point in my life. I did have a really strong backstop in my in my ex-wife. That's why I think marrying right is very important. But it allowed me to take that risk. And I I love to give back. I I think I, I have a really big heart and I try to help everybody around me. I try to help them grow. And I think that's my purpose is that to help people to inspire, to leave an impact with people. I have investors where they've been with me since 2010 and their kids went to college basically based off the income they made on the multifamily or they've retired today, teachers, doctors, engineers at NASA, all kinds of people that have had, that no longer have to work because they got in early with me about 8,000 units ago and, awesome. and, and they live right. So I love that. I love sharing that message. I think I'm very genuine. I think I'm a very, I think people relate to me because I'm just like them. I love Grant, right? I love him. He just brings out like, like so much enthusiasm and energy, but people can't see themselves being like Grant, you know, because Grant's just a whole, Grant's on a whole other universe by himself. Like his energy level is insane. The fact that he looks the way he does. I mean, I, I don't look like, I look like everybody else. I'm just, I've, I've got that, that everyday look, I think. Right. And I think I bring it down, in what I do to an everyday understanding, I'm very layman. No, I I didn't go to Harvard Business School, I I didn't, I didn't I don't have an MBA from from a prestigious school. I have an engineering degree. I discovered real estate by accident, and because I can do numbers in my head, and I'm a sales
2: guy, so I know how to how to take care of people. I am where I'm at. Crazy wow. story, man. That's really cool. I actually uh, I'm trying to get Grant on the podcast, so I've been now hitting up all his friends. So I just had Brad Blazer, <laughs> couple yeah. of weeks. So now I've had you. So I know once we get all you guys, I could probably get him too. Yeah, yeah. Contact yeah, Ryan a- Seco. That's the guy. Oh yeah. Actually, Ryan no. Seko. You you
0: need to contact Annie. Annie's the one that takes care of him. All right. Let, we'll ask you for her.
2: I think I have Annie's email. I think send I send her. Him. She's
0: the one that's gonna. She runs his schedule. Have you ever been in an event? She yeah. she follows him. She anticipates. Annie, Annie at grandcaron.com She that's yeah, exactly right. She's <laughs> yeah. the gatekeeper. I have a gatekeeper. Her name's Ashley.
2: <laughs> yeah. Everybody's always the gatekeeper. You, I hit you up directly on Instagram, right? I think you might have seen my message. No, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. I have a couple of questions I wanted to follow yeah. up to. You. First, is people listening to this, a lot of my our listeners, they're making seventy to hundred and twenty thousand a year. They're like, Yeah, bro, it's a great story. Robert, yeah, you had $800,000 and you guys are killing it. We, we don't have that kind of money. So how do we start? Like, I don't have 10000 to drop in an event just this weekend or something like that. So how do you, what do you tell these guys to motivate them to get in the game? Number one, I think you got to be where money's at. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that, that, that's like an excuse.
0: Yeah. If your kid gets into Harvard and you can't afford to pay for it, but you want them to go, guess what? You'll go get a pizza job, delivering pizza. Yeah. It depends. do you really want to do it or do you want it to be given to you? If if you're in that situation where you just don't have the money, that's okay. You need to still be around. There's plenty of education on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And maybe you don't start multifamily. Maybe you start how to do wholesaling. There's so many guys that get started wholesaling and make a lot of money doing that. There, there's or buying a single family house. I know guys that do syndication right now that have no business doing syndication. They have no formal background. But because they could talk and they've been to these events and they can help somebody else raise capital, all of a sudden now. They, they bird dog for people. They bird dog either in, the, in that they find a deal or they bird dog in the, in the sense that they can find equity. So if you can speak and you can shake hands and kiss babies and smile a lot and get people to like you, you can yeah. do anything. But nothing's going to happen to you just sitting there on your couch yeah. watching this podcast or thinking, oh, I don't know how this guy had this. Like, no, dude. My dad, my dad worked at Whataburger for 40 years, man. My mom worked at Levi's. It's, those, it's are like, great those
1: are great genes man yeah, <laughs> i want yeah. to add on that i want to add for our audience i think the, the what you were saying is 100 on but to really break it down for for that question that vince just asked which is huge i think it's about focusing on how you can give value and specifically focusing on how you give value to somebody who's already killing it doing what you want to do mm-hmm. serving so that vision and figuring out how can i help robert martinez how can i serve him So that way, he shows me just two things that will help change my life forever. So I can have 1% of what he's achieving. And I think that's really what you were getting at. And that's huge. Everyone's got this reverse mentality of like, how can I take where's my time? Where's my chance? And it's not about that. So,
0: yeah, I mean, it's about networking, right? Being, being, and knowing people and, and and getting to, and getting them to know who you are and seeing them. Like the only reason Grant and I are as close as we are because I go to all the events, he sees me now. Right. Right? So i made important to him to me. What's important. He's actually said it He goes, he came to my first mastermind last year out of the blue. I didn't invite him. I didn't pay a hundred thousand. He came and he spoke for like an hour because he was in town for the Astros world series last year in 2021. And he says, I'm here because this guy is always committed to me. He's here at all my events. He shows up and that's how it is. Just reciprocity. I didn't, I didn't ask him to come. He actually had texted me that day and said, hey, who do you use for private car service? And I had just booked uh, uh, a car service the week before, so I knew who to send him. And he goes, what are you doing? Are you going to the game? Like, I am going to go to the game, but after our mastermind. Oh, you're doing a mastermind? Tell me about it. Oh, okay. Hey, we well, don't tell, tell anybody to comment, but I might try to make it. Next thing you know, he shows up. That's awesome. I mean, it's, it's the most amazing thing to see Grand Cardone walk through your front door and talk to you. See the video. You said, yeah, and walk to, and did. talk to everybody. And you're yeah. like, and everybody's like freaking out, right? Like, and, and like, the GC would show up and you know, he doesn't do that. There aren't that many videos where he just shows up like that. He did it for me right. and, and I'm super appreciative. And I've continued to, to be supportive of him. I want to learn. I'm not, I have a bonus mentality. Tell me what I need to pay. I'm going to pay. I'm going to show it. And, and, and I'm going to pick something up from it. I mean, I just got from, I just came back from Miami uh, a week and a half ago from the last event and I learned so much. And because I'm already in that club, it was a free event for me, but I brought somebody else with me. So there's a ticket that was, that was $2,500. And then we're both sitting there learning and and I'm I'm helping people get into the club as well. Like they're asking me, Hey, what has the club done for you? I go, it changed everything for me. It grew my mindset. I did more acquisitions in the last 18 months than I did in the previous 10 years in terms of acquisition value. And that never would have happened if I hadn't been in that club because I was around a bigger mindset. So they come to me, and so I help them sell memberships. You don't think he knows those things? Of course he does. So it, it strengthens my bond, right? So it's a, it goes back to your point. Where is the value? What does somebody else need? Yep. They, it, you just got to figure it out.
1: To this day, just, to this day, the, the guy, the big players like you guys that I've, we've ever had a chance to talk to all share that, that have that enthusiasm. And then they also have that just like, they're just so generous with their time. Their time is precious, and yet they're still willing to go the extra mile and show up to events and contribute value because they understand implicitly that's where success comes from.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like when somebody calls and says, hey, I'm in town, I see you on
1: social, can I buy you a cup of coffee?
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> Bro, yeah. I, I, can, I can buy my own Starbucks, man. So you're right. saying that that hour, hour and a half, two hours you may want with me is worth $5? No. <laughs> That, that's not how it works. The way this works right as podcast is because you're putting me now in others. I'm getting on your stage, yep. right? You're giving me a chance to, for people to see who I am and that through, through, hopefully through, through, through reciprocity, maybe somebody says, Hey, they want to invest in me, or maybe they want to do private consulting or coaching with me. Right. So we, there's value here. You get great content and, and I get on somebody's stage. Right. So maybe that one person
2: sees me and that's how that works, right? You got to create value. So you Uh would say, Robert, For I've been trying to do the things you've been talking. So I I went to Jake and Gino's. I paid a little bit extra, hang out in the rooms. I met your guy. Always, always, let me interrupt you. Always get the VIP ticket. Yeah, always.
0: You are there to do two things, to be seen by the organizers and to network. The money in the room is in the front of the room, not in the back of the room. Do not show up and limp. It is a completely different experience sitting near the front than it is sitting in the hard chairs in the back. You are yeah. disengaged and you're with people that don't have the money that you need to be around. Like I was at a, at the Cardona event, right. And I was sitting second row and the guy in front of me had paid $20,000 for the seat in front of me. And he was there talking, he wanted, he wanted to be around that. I, I, I was that guy once where I paid 20,000. I did that two or three events in a row, but like, okay, well, I don't, I don't need the VIP access. Right. I'm already there. I'm really the known name in the room i'll just sit here in the second row and get the same view right but they want to be around players like me they want to be next to grant you don't think grant knows who those guys were that just dropped down 20 g's of course he does and he 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 had a private lunch with them two days in a row so there's benefits to that right so when you go to these conferences you're there to be seen by the organizer to get those private questions like on our event right that we're having january 25th to twenty seven. we have a vip so there's VIP seating at the events. Uh, there's going to be a private dinner at my house, a private dinner at, at, at the, the second night somewhere else. And you're now going to get in my phone and you're probably going to get my phone number. Right. And so you create that. You, you're, you're paying for that accessibility. So, yeah, man, don't don't ever sleep on these events, man. There's a reason for it. Always
2: get yeah. that big ticket. I'm going to this event with Jason Hartman. I'm pretty sure you know who he is yep. and, and uh, Kenny, you know, your guy, Kenny McElroy, uh, Tom oh, McElroy. Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. and then I, I paid extra a couple of grand, but I'm going to be having dinners with these guys for the whole weekend. It's totally worth That's it. That's fantastic. You see, it's so yeah. worth it.
0: They're going to know who you are. Yeah. Now you got to have your questions, right? So you get the most value and see how you can continue the relationship past the initial introduction.
2: How would you, you bought yourself want, uh, an introduction? What's that?: Yeah, so that's my next question, right? How would you like suggest like someone like myself or Drew or who was listening we get to those rooms? Yeah, we got like 30, 40 houses, whatever. Uh, it was a small level players compared to you guys. How do we add value to your structure, your business? We have this podcast. It's a little bit of value, but you want to be more engaged with you guys like what would what would you suggest?: I don't know. I think the podcast was a really good opener. I think yeah, you should offer it. Macaroy and those guys a
0: chance to get on podcasts too, because if they're, if they're savvy, they're, they're going to realize, Hey, I want to get in other people's stages too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You I know. had Jason on the podcast last Good. week. Good. Yeah.
0: And then you, and then I think you would go and figure out, look around, offer some advice, find out who they're connected to. Find out who Ashley is. Find out who Natalie is. See what yeah. you can do. Find out something important to me and make it important to you. And then, and then continue that relationship because it takes time. You don't know immediately. You got to get on the phone. You got to get in front of them, right? When people send nice gifts to people, you're like, oh, wow, that's really nice. It makes me want to pick up the phone and say thank you or, it makes, or, or schedule a time for a meeting. And next thing you know, you get talking enough time, talking, uh, uh, you find something out that you weren't aware of before. You know, this podcast, right, I'm sharing different aspects because you asked the question of how I truly got started. No one's ever asked me, how did you amass $800,000? That's the first time of, in a podcast somebody asked me that, so I was able to go back and break it down. I've never talked about my ex-wife as much as I have on this one because I wanted you to understand the importance of marrying the right person. That, that all started from that question. So you just got to find the right domino that allows a
2: conversation to continue to progress. Yeah, it's a great privilege for us to have this opportunity have these podcasts and have guys like you, which we will have no shot at you know, getting a one-on-one conversation, which is we really value that. We really appreciate the time. My my one of my final questions is and I gotta go in like 10 minutes, is I used to I usually like to ask a question which is very specific to our business, but also people could use it, right? So for our business is so Drew and I have, you know, seven million dollars. We have a few doors and and we or scaling. So we went from two doors and during the pandemic to 40 doors, right? And it's, wow, that's good. It's, it's, it's a lot. So I'm figuring out ways to make the cash flow situation better because our cash flow sucks. So we are trying to do that by installing more short-term rentals or, uh, and mid-term rentals and stuff. What would you suggest for someone with this size to go to the next level, which would be hundreds of units? Is it go to the path that I know very well? Like is it's buying two to three unit Properties in California is like seven, eight $800,000 in cash flow or that I'm involved with the 44 unit now with Jake and Gina, we just closed because I go to this mentorship stuff and, and I have a very small percentage in it, but that's another style. But the one I do with Drew, we have like huge equity position. We're talking 30, 40, 50% of like these million dollar deals. What would you suggest for us to go towards All right, so the number one thing I would do right now for
0: guys like you, you guys got 40 plus units, right? Is that I would sell the 40 units on social and wherever as much as you can. Come up with your 30 second elevator pitch and be talking about it all the time on social. Go to deals with the deals in the background, talk about, hey, my name is Robert Martinez. Uh, I've been involved in real estate since 2007. In that time, I've grown 8,000 units. I've returned 130 million back to my investors and I found my next money winner. This one I'm putting 500,000 into my own and I would love to partner with you. We're looking at a 3x return in the next 10 years. It's very simple, cut and dry, right? Then you want to just keep communicating with your investor base and social. Tell them what you're seeing in the market. There is a crash. It's already here. It's going to get worse for a lot of guys because you only lose money in real estate when you run out of time or money right? And that's going to happen for a lot of people right now. And if it's not now to be in 2025 or 2024, because this is about a two-year cycle. So deals are going to have the same rent number, same NOI, but they're going to be considered worth less. That's the time to jump in. And buy the best location you can. Buy the very best. That's the first thing that's going to rebound after the recession. I've been in a recession back in 08 to 2014, right? The first thing that, that rebounded was the Class A's. So I would focus on generating your equity base, energizing them, getting them excited with what's going on, and bringing on new equity by sharing your story. You've done something that ninety-nine percent of the people haven't done. So
2: don't demote it, promote it. Yeah, man, that's that's really good advice. That's what we we've been trying to do. We've been trying to increase the cash flow, and then we started like just like you said because I go to all these events. And GC talks about this a lot. It's like, you want to buy the property, which is the price now, right? We keep bought a $40 million mansion in Malibu. We both live in Orange County, California. It's not $40 million, but it's a million bucks. So we are starting to buy in areas where we live, but we have to be very smart. We're raising more capital and putting more down and doing like midterm rentals. So that's what you suggest, right? And we started off buying it bad neighborhoods though. That's where we started. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's cool. Drew, do you have any follow-up? I know he's got to go in three minutes. Three
1: minutes. Yeah. I always like to know about, for me, I'm all about taking risks and taking big moves, which is why we've been able to achieve what we've achieved. Coming from, again, me, I'm like a blue collar, Kansas. And for me, what with what little that I've achieved um, compared to most of the people we are privileged to interview in this podcast, it came from taking big jumps, big calculated risks. And I say calculated because we educated ourselves. What education did you get What books, mentorships did you get? What were you, how were you consuming information to make that move, to convince your wife at the time to make that big jump with you?
0: I think it's just really the enthusiasm you have, right, to convince anybody, right? Because somebody is selling somebody in every conversation. And so it's important to make sure that you're versed in your information. I mean, the very first books I read were the Robert Kiyosaki books. The Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Cashflow Quadrant, all those were very conspiracy of the rich. Those were all really good primers for me. I'd actually had heard Rich Dad, Poor Dad when I was in my early, early 20s, driving home from college, it didn't make any sense to me. So when I joined the real estate club, that was primary reading. So I went back and my business maturity had caught up. And what I was reading made sense to me now, 15 years later. (laughs) So it's important to make sure that you read those kind of books. I think the biggest benefit for me was just being in a real estate club where you're around other people that all have the same mindset. It fuels you showing up to those live events. If they have a bus road trip to member properties, going there, going to all the case studies, getting confidence is everything, right? It, it, the confidence is so key. If you don't have the confidence to do it, you won't do it. You know, when you know that you've seen Natalie buy a piece of real estate you're like, whoa, well, wow, I remember Natty, when she was just a member, now she owns two deals. Now she raised $10 million. Wow, I just went to her property. It makes it very achievable for you. And that's what Grant did for me at my level. He's like, wow, I remember when I sat with Grant in 2018, in my, my initial meeting with my two boys, that's on, Instagram, on YouTube as well. I had around 270 million and he had around 600 million. And in four years, he's now at like, I don't know how many billions he's got now, right? Five billion it's and I'm at, at, yeah, and I'm at 700. So what, what's the difference? He just thought bigger. And so when I realized that a couple of years ago, that's what fueled my 18-month growth. Yeah, I did 200 and I don't know what it was, 240 million in, in acquisition value in 18 months. It was more than what I had done the previous 10 years. I mean, I, I, I grew my business by 60%, you know? That's and amazing. it's just being around people that think bigger than you. So, yeah, books are great. I think they're great primers, but it's more the communication, right? Because a book's not going to keep you motivated. It's going to be accountability to yourself and, and people that you're that you're accountable with, you know? And I know when I go to these GC events or when I, when I talk to GC, I want to show that I've done something. I want to show that I've moved it. I want to move my own needle. And you got to find whatever motivates you to move that needle. For me, it's not books. I can't even see anymore, man. My eyes are getting old. So I'm going to have to be in person, probably in the front row, so I can see
2: somebody and and get inspired by it and then take action. Love it. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, thank you for your time. Robert, if people want to reach you, how do they reach you? Hey, thank
0: you so much. I had a fantastic time. And to anybody watching, if we have a ton of free content. Please follow me at Apartment Rockstar on Instagram or on my YouTube channel. All
2: right, dude. <laughs> thank you so much for your time, man. I hope to see you the next year sometime in one of the GC events or something. I'll get some- Love to, to see food. you there, man. Or you can come to our mastermind next month. I'm going to be here. Oh, where? In
0: Texas? Here in Houston. Yeah, at our office. And then also offsite as well. January 25th to 27th. I'll have Natalie send you the uh, the link. And if you guys have time to come, I'd love to have you guys.
2: Okay, cool, man. I'll be at the Jason Hartman event at that time, but I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, we'll figure it out. Thank you, sir. No Thank problem. You.
0: Thank you, man.
1: I don't know about you, but I definitely like to see five-star reviews on any service or any product before I purchase. Please take a second to leave us a five-star review, whether you're listening to it on Apple, iTunes, or Spotify, or whatever platform. Take a second, goes a long way, helps us a lot to grow the channel, and thanks for listening.